Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Morris, and our associate producer, William Smith. Visit patreon.com slash positivelytrek to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shoutouts, associate producer credits, and more. Thank you all very much for your support, and enjoy the show. Well, it's a little late, but I have to say it. Happy Captain Catherine Janeway Day. Dan, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, Captain Catherine Janeway Day. I like that. There's 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 an awful lot of syllables in that. I'm I'm excited to celebrate. I know. I made it a little more complicated. It's actually just Catherine Janeway Day. I added the <laughs> captain into it. <laughs> and it just made it harder to say. Welcome, everyone, to Positively Trek. I'm Bruce Gibson, and that was Dan Gunther, of course. And I'm looking here on Twitter at the Janeway Statue Twitter handle, which is Janeway Statue. And on May 20th, the mayor of Bloomington, Indiana, declared that day as Catherine Janeway Day. Very cool. I I mean, I so we've got first contact day salmon. We've got uh, all these other. How do you, how do we celebrate Catherine Janeway Day? I mean, there's got to be coffee involved. I know that, but I don't know. How are you celebrating? I'm celebrating by uh, buying a salamander. <laughs> I like it. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it was so weird because right before we went to record the show, I just happened to be on Twitter and I saw this tweet from the Janeway statue. And it's the Janeway statue talking because the tweet says, I am so honored to be recognized by the city of Bloomington. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, that's neat. And yeah, the whole proclamation is right there. So if you look on Twitter, we'll put, I guess, a link in the show notes and uh, you can see the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but yeah, it honors Catherine Janeway. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And May 20th is chosen because Catherine Janeway's future birthday, because I will read this part at the very beginning. It says, Captain Catherine Janeway of Star Trek Voyager will be born in Bloomington, Indiana on May 20th, 2336. Wow. I, I, hmm. I'm not going to make it, I don't think, but uh, it's that's a ways off in the future, but very cool. <laughs> that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'll, I, here I am saying, oh, that would de- be depressing. We won't be around to see that day come. But then if we were and the day came, we'd be like, wait, there's no birth of Catherine Janeway. Oh, wait, because it's fiction. You bite your tongue, sir. Star Trek <laughs> is real. <laughs> it is to us, right? Exactly. <laughs> Good. Hey, we got several things we want to talk about in today's show, and I'm going to just tease a little something here. So last week, if you listened to this main show, our flagship show, you would have heard us talk about the Lower Decks Blu-ray set with eight character art cards that we're giving away. Well, you guys came through. 
you were tweeting, you were Instagramming, you were Facebooking, whatever you were doing, you got the word out there that you wanted these Blu-ray sets and you heard it here on Positively Trek. So we have randomly chosen three winners and we just did that by asking Siri before we read the show. We numbered everybody one through whatever and asked Siri to pick a a random number. So we have our three winners of the Star Trek Lower Decks Blu-ray. But before we announce the winners, you have to stick around to the end. I know, I know. How dare us tease you like that? So (laughs) you can listen to the rest of the show now and then we'll announce the winners or you can just skip ahead. (laughs) But you're going to want to listen to the rest of the show because we have some news to talk about. Absolutely. And at the end of the show, we may also, I'm not going to say may, we definitely also have another giveaway for all of you guys uh, for the second copy of the Star Trek Shipyards, the Borg and the Delta Quadrant book. So stick around for that too. And that's going to be easy. You know, we're, we're going to make that even easier for you to try to win it because not everybody can be a winner. Well, everybody's a winner <laughs> that listens to the show. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Of course. Right. Well, let's talk about this because this is winning news. So IDW announced that they are coming out with a new comic series and it's the Mirror Universe for the next generation. Once again, we're going into the Mirror Universe with TNG and it's a 13 issue series and it is called The Mirror War. The Mirror War. Excellent. You know, I, I kind of want to go back and reread the older Mirror Universe stories from The Next Generation because it's been a while. It's been two and a half years since the last uh, issue of those came out. So it, it's it's been quite a while for this. Yeah, because we had Mirror Broken, then we had Through the Mirror, and then Terra Incognita. Mm-hmm. So this is the fourth series in the Mirror Universe for TNG, which we didn't get to see the Mirror Universe on the TV show. Yeah. I do really remember enjoying those stories as well. So, you know, I, I'm I'm excited to go back to that series. Of course, the the basis for it being that uh the the Terran Empire is much diminished because as we saw in Deep Space Nine, they've been mostly defeated by the Klingons and Cardassians, but there's still kind of this strong contingent of them back on Earth and Picard leads the flagship, the Enterprise, which looks like the All Good Things Enterprise, and they're all vicious and mean, and it sounds like he's after the Emperor's chair in this one. Yes, yes. Actually, it will start in September with issue zero, and it does say here that we'll feature a new story of Mir Picard. And it's funny, because when I read that at first, when it said Mir Picard, I was like, oh, is this going to be the Mir universe of Star Trek Picard? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, to your point, he's going to Earth to try to, you know, take the seat of the emperor away and I guess become the new emperor. And then it will continue an issue every month and it'll be issues one through eight. And I know what you're saying, people. You're like, wait, no, wait, Bruce, you said there were 13 issues. Now you're saying there's issues one through eight. Well, there's also going to be tie-in specials in between. There's four of those. So you have eight regular issues, four tie-in specials that will come out featuring a different character each month so the first one will focus on data and of course you have the issue zero so that's how we get to 13 Hmm. that's an interesting numbering style but okay i'll go with it (laughs) (laughs) right as long as we get them i don't care how they number them i guess so yeah carlos naito 
or Naito. I don't know how he pronounces his last name. Sorry about that. But he's illustrating. And then we have Scott and David Tipton who are writing. And then, of course, we have our friend J.K. Woodward doing the cover art. So pretty exciting. And very gorgeous covers that we see here. And each uh, issue will have variant covers, of course, for all the collectors out there who want to uh, do that sort of collecting. So lots of really cool stuff coming. I'm looking forward to talking about these on the book club episode, where wherever we, whenever it is that we talk about them. So that that's going to be a lot of fun. That is true. We will be doing that for sure. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited, but you know, I, I don't always get so excited about mere universe stuff. You know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But yeah, once we get into this, I'll probably get hooked because that's what happened on the other ones. <laughs> yeah, know? for sure. I, yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed those other ones. So yeah. I, I'm excited to get into this again. Well, what's also nice about this is they don't have to worry about continuity issues with any of the series. So mm-hmm. it's free reign to do whatever they want to do. Exactly. Yeah. So, speaking of free reign, Jet Reno has free reign to do whatever she wants to do, too. (laughs) (laughs) Tig Notaro is free to do whatever she wants to do. She can do stand-up comedy. She can make appearances on Star Trek. She can do whatever she wants because she's got so much flexibility. And this was something that was uh, brought up when she spoke with Stephen Colbert this past week in an interview that she is returning to Discovery. And they have wrapped up on writing all the episodes. Michelle Paris had tweeted out, she's one of the co-show runners, that they have ended season four in the writing room. So that's exciting right there. Absolutely, yeah. I shared this tweet in the Positively Trek discussion group as well. And yeah, it's exciting. The They're still filming, of course. They're still working on all of that. But the writing is done. And uh, that's really cool to see on a picture from the script end of season four in all caps, right? <laughs> it would be more fun to me if it said end of season four to be continued. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure that is absolutely the case. <laughs> <laughs> so Tig was also, as I mentioned on Stephen Colbert and he was asking her about discovery and she's like, yeah, they're still filming and she's been back in Toronto. And so that's exciting. And that's really exciting news for sure, because as she had said before, she was wanting to limit her time in Toronto due to health concerns during the pandemic. Of course, Tig being a cancer survivor has some health concerns that the average person probably doesn't and has to be very careful during a pandemic. But it sounds like uh, she's been on discovery set and is working on the show. So that's really exciting. There was, I was worried that maybe she wouldn't be in the season much this year and and it might be limited, but she is definitely in the show for season four. So I'm excited. I love Jet Reno. She has like my dream job right there. And I, I, because I would love to be on Star Trek, but I would not want to put in the hours. I, I, I don't think I'd want to spend months and months and months with long hours doing that. I, I mean, maybe I would, but I like her situation of she's just there occasionally. She's, uh, you know, she gets plenty of lines. She's in several episodes. It's just enough to just quench your palate. You know, she says that people come to her and say, oh, they don't use you enough or how come they're not letting you whatever. And she says she's like, Star Trek lets me do whatever. She says, I have a full career doing stand up and other projects. And the fact that they're so flexible with making my schedule work, I'm so lucky. And it's so fun to have other people write for me and nail it. 
when at Star Trek, whenever I get a script, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what my character is going to say. And I mean, that's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, just show up for a while, do a few Star Trek, and then go off and do some stand-up and other projects. That's my dream job. That's pretty cool. And I mean, someone like Tignataro can have that flexibility because she's so talented. This character was written with her in mind. You know, it's just tailor-made for her, and I love it. I don't know if I'd want them to tailor make a character based on me. That would be quite boring. (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch it. I'd enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) But she's also, uh, she also said that she doesn't improvise very little. Like people think she's actually improvising her lines. No, I mean, they were, they write that for her. Sometimes Mm -hmm. she improvises it a little bit, but she said that, you know, she's not allowed to just go off and do whatever she wants. She is keeping for the most part to the script, but every once in a while she improvises. So a lot of that stuff that you see her character do, the writers put that in there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I I think even just taking into account the techno babble, it's pretty clear that she, you know, isn't writing that stuff or isn't coming up with that stuff on her own. But uh, yeah, her jokey personality, it sounds like the, the writers have a good handle on that. Well, I'm looking at the trekmovie.com article that covered this, but it also mentions at the end that there was a variety panel last Wednesday with Alex Kurtzman talking about Michael Burnham and her promotion to captain. And he says that her journey isn't over. You know, it's like he says, in some sense, it's an ending, but it's very much a new beginning. Season four for Michelle and I has been largely defined by this question. Every time we broke story, the question is, how is this affecting Burnham as a captain? And I don't mean affecting, I mean challenging her. Just because she has the chair doesn't mean that she's necessarily ready for certain things. And there are choices that she now has to make as a captain that she wouldn't have to make as an officer on the ship. So every story was calibrated to what new door does this open to her experience of being a captain? And what new challenge does she have to face And what new thing does she have to learn about herself and to discovery? So that's exciting. You know, it's, I mean, it's true. We're going to get to see a new captain, right? Mm -hmm. Her experience of learning to be in command now. Yeah. And it's pretty cool because Burnham has always been the focus character for the show. She's been the, the main character, the lead. And now to have her in the captain's position, I think, kind of brings this, I want to say, a little bit more in line with previous Trek series where the captain's been the lead, but also it's still different, right? Because it's still less of an ensemble show. It's more of a Michael Burnham-focused show. But with her in the center seat, I think that brings a new dynamic to Discovery that is going to be a lot of fun to explore. And I like the idea that As they say here, she's not going to be the perfect captain to start out with, which makes sense. You know, I don't I don't know that we've ever had a show where I guess Deep Space Nine kind of Cisco was was a commander and then became a captain. And we saw the beginning of his captaincy, but I don't know that we saw the beginning of his command. He might have also had command of something before Deep Space Nine. But this is really the first time we've seen like the first days of a character as the captain of the show, which is pretty cool. And the fact that it's happening in the middle of the show too, is just, that's a neat dynamic. It is. And that's the great thing that is unique about how they can approach these series. Now there's a little more flexibility in the old days. It was pretty much just keep doing what you're doing. Don't change it too much. You know, deep space nine had a little more flexibility was given a little more free reign to do some things than some of the other series. But with, with this now, I mean, you can, 
practically do whatever you want. I mean, just think about season three and how different that is from the previous two seasons. It takes place in a wholly different, totally different time frame. And we're staying in that time frame. It wasn't just a, we went to the future and came right back. <laughs> you know, mm. we're here to stay. And I got to say, I love these new uniforms. Like just oh, seeing yeah. Michael in that red uniform. Ugh. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> it, it brings me back to the TOS movies, that maroon, maroon uniform. Just, mm. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about those uniforms and uh, the designer of them. Yeah. Coming up too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But before we do that, yeah, let's talk about this uh, interview on digitalspy.com. They interviewed Shazad Latif, who plays, of course, Ash Tyler. And there's not a whole lot here, but he was promoting his new comedy drama series, The Pursuit of Love. And they briefly approached this slight rumblings of this Michelle Yeoh spinoff called Section 31, right? And he says, <laughs> it's been slight yeses, slight questions, but I have no idea. I think it's down to people's schedules. So that's not really all that encouraging right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, we kind of already know that it's put on hold. It's been put on the back burner. We had the news quite a while ago now that they they had said that there would be no new series beyond the current five that are airing until one of them has run their course. So, you know, I, I still think this is one of the ones that's kind of next up on deck, but it isn't going to be going ahead until such time that there's room for it in the, in the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear some rumblings from, from Shazad and, and stuff in this interview, but it's kind of, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We, we, we already know that it's not going to come anytime soon anyway. Hopefully it does still come, but yeah. Well, and the fact that there are still rumblings, is at least a bit encouraging, right? Because it's mm -hmm. not as if he's like, I haven't heard anything. Like, no one's talking about it. I heard about it. Last I heard something was a year ago. I don't even know if it's happening. At least he's not saying that. You know? Yeah, that's for sure. That's true, yeah. And to your point that they're sticking with the five series until something ends makes sense also because, you know, we have budgets, you know? I mean... They're not going to be like, let's do 10, 20 Star Trek series. Like, they're not going to spend all the money up front on all these things at once. They got to kind of have to spread it out, too. So, um, yeah. And you also don't want to compete against yourself, right? I mean, you have five shows going. You don't want people saying, like, oh, there's so much Star Trek. I'm just going to watch this. But, you know, if they had done it later, I'd watch it all. But I, I can't, I can't keep up with all of it. So at some point, you're competing with yourself. So I, I think it's a good idea to limit it a little bit. It does concern me, though, that we have so much Star Trek, because it's like when I go into <laughs> Paramount Plus, and believe me, I don't have a problem with this, but when I go into Paramount Plus, there's a section there called Star Trek, and when you look at all the different series that are listed there, and then you got to think there's going to be more added to that, if somebody's not into Star Trek, I can see them feeling overwhelmed, and they go, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know if I want to even start to get into this because there's just so much. Is it too much, you know? Are people going to feel too overwhelmed? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't have a problem with it. I can't complain. Uh, I, I don't know. I think we've still got a good chunk of the year where there's no Star Trek coming out. And I mean, part of that is because of the pandemic stuff and that sort of thing. But, 
you know, I, I think we're at a good level right now. I don't think it's too much yet, but we'll see how it shapes up in the future for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it, it may not be anything to be concerned about, you know. I don't know. But then the flip side of things, I, you know, even though I say I'm concerned that some people might shy away from Star Trek because it would just be too much of it. Because, I mean, I, let me just back up for a second. Because, like, when it comes to the novels, I've heard people say, like, yeah, I haven't jumped into the novels because there's a whole this this whole novel continuity and I don't even know where to start and I don't even know if I want to get out afraid I'll be lost. Like, you know, at the same time I'm thinking, I mean, I haven't really gotten into Stargate. I've seen a few episodes and such over time. I saw the original movie and there's times where I think, Oh, I'd like to get in Stargate. Oh, but there's just seems so much. I feel a bit overwhelmed, but then it also makes me want to watch it because there is so much. Cause that tells me it must be good enough that it stayed on long enough. And there's so much to dig into. So I don't know. It's strange. I'm not complaining. Let's more Star Trek, the better, in my opinion, I'm being selfish now. It's, it's all here, for here. me. It's all for us. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about uniforms. So, Gersha Phillips, who designs the uniforms on Discovery, is my hero. I do She's enjoy incredible. It. She's incredible. <laughs> I'm glad she always is up for interviews on, you know, YouTube and all these other shows. And she hasn't been on this show yet. Who knows? But <laughs> she's on the list. <laughs> she's on the she is actually. She is on the list. So um, but right now I'm sure she's busy on making some more uniforms, maybe for season five. But Here's the thing. I watched this interview on on goldderby.com and I enjoyed it for two reasons. Well, of course, one is because of her, but there's two things that she said. And one and I've heard this before and I think we briefly talked about this before. When we get into season 3, we see the new uniforms that are in the Starfleet uh headquarters. And we also then see our crew on Discovery wearing new uniforms. Well, she has to consider the fact of the future. And I haven't really thought that much about designing uniforms for the future. I always thought of it as like, you know, oh, we're designing uniforms for Star Trek. But she has to look at it and says, okay, we're at one point in the timeline. Now we jump almost a thousand years to the timeline. I can't just make different looking uniforms. I have to present how uniforms are made differently. And so you can't see seams. Because she would say in the future, things will probably be created differently, you know, all replicated uniforms. And, stuff. and so she has to make them look seamless. And so she uses different techniques now to hide those seams where she didn't have to before. She had to show the seams before, she said, because that's how the other series showed it. So mm -hmm. I love that she has to consider those things. And I love that, like, she does consider those things. You know, it just adds another layer of realism to her work. And her work is incredible. I mean, the costume design on Discovery and all these other shows is just terrific. So, yeah, she's definitely on the right track here. And the fact that she's considering all of this stuff, not just like, oh, how does it look on camera? How does it pick up colors? How does it? No, like, how are these uniforms constructed? That's cool. Exactly. And this is the other thing I found interesting, too, was she said about Pike's uniform. When we see Pike, they have two tunics for Anson Mount when he was on Discovery, one for when he's sitting down and one for he's standing up, because when he's sitting down, they don't want it to look wrinkled. So it's shorter. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, think of all the Picard maneuvers, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
they use the same uniform whether they're sitting down or standing up. But on Discovery, they actually, you know, he's sitting down. Oh, put this one on, the shorter one. Oh, he's standing up, change it, put the other one on. I mean, it's just like, I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, I remember something similar talking about season one, I think, with Lorca. And they had, uh, you know, one that was just kind of loose when he was standing. But when he was sitting, they had one that like zipped to the pants so that it pulled everything tight or something. So yeah, it's, it's interesting all the thought that goes into it. Like can't have anybody with wrinkles. You can't have anything bunched up anywhere. It's gotta be always immaculate and Starfleet perfection. (laughs) It makes me think of this movie called broadcast news came out in the eighties and uh, it had William Hunt and Holly Hunter and Albert Brooks. And I want to talk about Albert Brooks' character in this movie because he, if I remember correctly, he was more behind the scenes like a writer. And then he wanted to be on set doing the news. And so they taught him this technique that when he's sitting on the set, your sports coat can kind of bunch up around your shoulders and a little. So you have to pull the back of it down and sit on the tail to straighten mm. it out. And ever since then, even when I'm in meetings, if I'm in a suit, I do that. Ever since I saw that in a movie, I pull it down and I sit on the tail just to straighten it out. And I'm, when we were just talking about the uniforms and the zipper you were saying, made me think of that scene in broadcast news. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's a neat trick. I'm going to have to remember that. Yeah, because you'll notice like if sometimes you're sitting down, your sports coat kind of bunches up where the collar is behind you. Yeah. You pull that down and you sit on the tail. If you walk away from this podcast learning anything, it's that right there. There you go. Kind of a, almost a reverse Picard maneuver. Tug down when you sit instead of tugging the front down when you stand. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll come up with a term for that. Yeah. I'm now picturing Picard pulling down from the back of his chair. (laughs) Rika, sit on it. So happy days, sit on it, right? See, they're both paramount. There's a connection there. There you go. So, <laughs> well, I think that's all the news we have, Dan. I think. Am I missing something? No, I think that's pretty much everything. Okay. Well, you know, we're not totally done here. Oh, the moment everyone has all been waiting for. That moment is here. The winners. Dan, three random chosen winners that we use Siri for. I want to hear who they are. Okay. So, first of all, the first winner of a Lower Decks Blu-ray Season 1 set plus the art cards. We have at Eddie Hats on Instagram. So congratulations to you for that one. We also have Joe McCartney on Twitter. Congratulations. And Belial Aaron. I'm apologizing if I'm mispronouncing that on Twitter as well. So those are our three winners. Congratulations to all of you. I will be in contact with you outside of the podcast to get some information for, uh, you know, your mailing address and that sort of thing. But uh, congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah, congrats. I'm really excited for you guys. Um, Then, yeah, Dan will gather information and the company that makes the Blu-ray will be sending it to you. So it won't be coming directly from us. So they're helping us out with that. So that's really awesome. 
And uh, I'll give you a little hint. You know, we may be doing something like this again for some other series and Star Trek that comes in Blu-ray soon. <laughs> More details coming Ooh. later. <laughs> That's already <laughs> in the works. But as Dan mentioned earlier, we have another giveaway, a book about shipyards. Boom, 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 boom. How are we doing that one, Dan? Email, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do this one a little differently. This is for another copy of the Star Trek Shipyards book, The Borg and the Delta Quadrant at Criterion to Crenum from the fine folks over at Hero Collector. So we have one more of these to give away here, and we're going to do that now. What we would like you to do is email us, and our email address is positivelytrek at gmail.com. And what we would like you to do is to tell us what is your favorite ship in all of Star Trek and why. So uh, this won't be a random draw. Bruce and I will read all of your answers and we will pick the best one. So you have a chance to wow us with your reasoning as to why this ship you have picked is your favorite ship. It doesn't have to be one from the book. It doesn't have to be like a Voyager Delta Quadrant ship. Any ship from anywhere in Star Trek. Why is it your favorite and we will read the winner's answer out on the podcast as well. So uh, make it safe for work, you know, nice language, <laughs> but impress us. Tell us why it's your absolute favorite ship. I'm going to let Dan do the judging on these. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both look at them. We'll I, both I'll, I'll want your input. <laughs> Just remember that Dan has a, been an English teacher, so make sure grammar is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I can't promise that I won't mark on grammar and (laughs) punctuation and spelling. (laughs) But really, we're looking for the spirit behind the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just go all out. Tell us, you know, let your passion as a Star Trek fan come through in this. I really want to know, like, why is the Defiant your favorite or why is the I don't know, Zindi insectoid ship, your favorite, anything. (laughs) This will be interesting. Um, You know what? Can I just throw this idea out? If you, if you guys decide to do send us an email and participate in this, you know, maybe mention in the email, if you would like us to read it or not read it on the show, because they may be interesting answers that we'd like to read. And I don't want to embarrass anybody and read it and go, Oh my gosh, I didn't know they were going to actually read it on the show. So just let us know. And if you don't mention, mm-hmm. we might reach out later to you and just say, would you, would you be okay? But those might be interesting. I think we'd want to read those. Yeah. I, I will read more than just the winners. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm really excited for, for these answers. I, I love when Star Trek fans get creative. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see some of these. Hmm. Maybe I'll submit my own. <laughs> yeah. And and maybe, I, I don't know, this is just a thought. Maybe we'll give you a couple weeks to get answers in. Yeah. You guys have a we'll give you weeks. a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll talk about it again on the next show. Give you a heads up again. Yeah, so basically, I think have your answers into us by Friday, June 4th. Have your answers. That's the last day you can send us answers. Right, there you go. A couple weeks. Shouldn't be that hard. Well, that's that's it for this show. But I have to say, I'm so excited about the next episode because it's our book club. And we're interviewing Una McCormick, who wrote the novel Star Trek Discovery Wonderlands. And I'm so ready 
to talk to her about this novel. <laughs> I'm really excited about that as well. I think it's going to be a fun conversation because, yeah, I just finished that book yesterday and I have... I have thoughts and questions. <laughs> I I prepared some notes and I have more thoughts and questions that I realized I haven't put in the notes yet. So who knows what's going to happen because I got so much I want to talk about. Awesome. So looking forward to that. So, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, this is that period of time where Burnham gets to the 31st century and is there for a year. And then the Discovery crew, well, I don't want to give too much away. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The beginning of season three, what happened in that first that year when she was out there by herself. That's what this book is. So it's pretty exciting. Well, Dan, when you're not in the 31st century, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, which, you know, I don't know if they'll have it in the 30, 32nd century. Still, I was going to say, is it the 31st or 32nd? I was questioning that just now. I couldn't remember what you said. <laughs> I said 31st, but I don't think it is. I think no, it's yeah, it's, I think that. it's the 32nd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I don't know if they'll have Twitter then, but uh, for now, you can find me at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can find me on YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions and on Instagram, Kurtrats 47. And of course, in the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex and on Instagram at just Admiral Rex. And you can find me occasionally on the Star Wars Report podcast. And I've done some guest stunts on literary tracks. And you can also email me at admiral underscore rex at yahoo.com. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we'd like to thank our associate producer, William Smith, and all our patrons for helping to support Positively Trek. And so, everyone, take care of yourselves and stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.